What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Or the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40, to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. It's good. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's it. Derek Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hello again, Salty Dog fans. We're back here on the podcast. I like that, Salty Dog fan. Well, I assume they are if they're listening. I hope they are. Unless they came across it by accident, hopefully they become salty. Well, it doesn't matter how you do it, just as long as you are. I'm not sure we're going to continue be able to continue calling ourselves salty dogs, Jeff. I mean, we may be salty, but considering what I see on Twitter these days, oh yeah, that's a lot saltier. Really? Well, we're we're practically sweet by that. Well, you know, you don't you don't have to be mean to be salty. You just yeah, the Twitter stuff's mean. Social media is mean, yeah. but that's a whole other thing. <clears throat> but it doesn't have to be. Right. I think it's like anything else. It'll go this way, and then it'll go the other way. Try to, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, when we go the other way, yeah, the responses will go the other way. We understand. Sure. So it's the same thing every time you... I Are people on social media talking about the salty dogs? No, I mean just in general for oh. about the Buccaneers. If you, oh, you yes. Know, some, some part of your job, hypothetically, mm-hmm. could be... During the game, tweeting out something good that happens, like right. uh, you know maybe the Bucks, some player sets a record. You know we had O.J. Howard and uh, Adam Humphreys, first time two different Bucks have had two touchdown catches in the same game, game since right. 2010, only third time mm-hmm. ever. So that to me is a note of interest. Sure, that's part of just and a I that's the way I'm wired. And I find that interesting, and B that's kind of part of my job. Yeah, I I, I use that or we use good. that on the broadcast. So yeah. when you tweet something like that out, mm-hmm. probably the people who you know, are interested in that and go, hmm, that's all they're going to do. Like, go, hmm. mm-hmm. But the majority of responses are very negative. Like, who cares? And, right. and you know, I get it. If but, you don't, if you don't care about that stat, you're like, who cares? We're still losing 35 to 7. Yeah. But what I like is that they're interacting with you. So that means, they A, still care. A, they're following you. <clears throat> B, they may not agree with you and they're taking the time to be salty. Yeah, but see – that's the part that doesn't work for me because I'm right. not. What What are you disagreeing with? It's just a fact, right? It's but, just a fact. It's not. You can't disagree with the fact. You're just mad at the Buccaneers, right? So you yeah, respond you say, well, to big any deal. So what? You get this. You're still losing, it. man. I get it. You're losing. Yeah, and yeah. we were. So although, we were. Yes. Although after all four of those touchdowns, we actually were within a touchdown there for a second. Nine minutes left on the clock, too. And that's the thing. Quarter. That's the thing, Jeff. It's hard uh, go. It's hard go. This second half, this big, deep hole that we dig in mm-hmm. the second half rallies it's just so weird it's i've not seen anything like this it, it, well what's crazy is is how the offense is just putting up points i mean that i don't care what not, any not right away though <laughs> except early in the season now we're not doing it right away. It's like Dirk said it apparently we like to get punched first before we respond that's got to be so frustrating because how do you i mean what do you pin that on? I, 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 don't, I know these guys are up for the game. It's right. not like they're not pre- they're right. They're prepared. If they can do what they do in the third quarter, why can't they do it in the first and second quarter? And I, they think they can. And that's why 
And again, the same people that were responding to Twitter wouldn't want to hear this next yeah. part. But right. it, there is a possibility of this getting the defense getting turned around in the second half, in which case the Bucks will win more games because we're averaging 28.4 mm-hmm. points per game. And if you can play decent defense, that's going to win you a lot well, of games. Well, there's eight, there's eight games left. Now, it's human nature to look at your first eight games. And just your previous, double it, right? Well, just look at it and go, well, you didn't play very well during the— Well, not only is that. it human nature, but sometimes that is true. Mm-hmm. You have established you have established what you are. But you're a three-and-five. You're a team that's good enough to win three of eight mm-hmm. games, so by the end of the year, you're going to win six. And that certainly could be the case here, but I don't think so. And until it's proven, I'm going to continue to at least stay optimistic that something can happen here. Yes, well, you have to because that's part of being a fan. You have to look at there's eight games left. And good teams start excelling during November and December, <laughs> which I think <laughs> I said that. No, some you said ago. October. Now well, you're changing it. Don't well, do that. Will, okay, but I will say this: if you do it, it about six weeks in, you know whether you you start seeing good teams or ba- or teams that struggle start getting better. Yeah. Now we started out well, two, two and oh. two and zero, oh. but it's lost five or six since. No. You got eight games to make it better. I know, Jeff. Uh, I'm going to start tweeting you. <laughs> I'm going to start <laughs> responding. I mean, look at this. Offensively, offensively, in the first half, we're, we're converting on 41.9% third downs. But in the second half, it goes up to 50%, mm-hmm. which is second in the whole league. On defense, we're allowing 46.8% of third downs converted before halftime, but only 30.4% after halftime, which if it was for a full game would be the second best in the entire league. I mean, that's really good. In the second quarter, we're, we're giving up 15.9 points per game. In the third quarter, we're giving up 3.5 points per game. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. But that's my point. If you're looking for something, if you're not looking for a reason to be optimistic, mm. that's fine. Right. That's fine. There and are people that, that either way is acceptable. But if you're, if you're looking for something to hang your hat on in terms of optimism and believe in, there's at least a chance that this gets turned around. Mm-hmm. Then look at that. They can do it. It, if you, they just haven't been able to do it from the beginning of a game yet, which is weird. Yes, very. But if you can't think of, hey, maybe things could happen, then why why even bother? I mean, that's yeah. be like players saying, hey, it can't happen. Yeah, we can't. They win. Yeah. they believe it, and you know they're not happy. You know, we um, I think people don't realize that losses do mean a lot to a lot of people in there, and but but they have to get rid of it. They have to move on very quickly because they're starting over yeah. again for the next week. All you got to do is one time ever be in the locker room mm, when they come in fun. right at the end of either a win or a loss mm-hmm. to see how much this matters to these guys. Right. I mean, every winning locker room is practically, it seems like you just won the Super Bowl. They're so ecstatic. Right. And every losing locker room, those guys come in either A, mad as hell, or B, just like shocked and 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 stunned. Yeah. And then and then and then it's a called open locker room. Ten minutes and then it's an open locker room and everybody's in there, including Bucks Radio is in there and gotta answer questions and sometimes it doesn't go as smooth as, as you hope. But that's that's what we all signed up for. So it's a sixteen game season. Hopefully, Eight left. Hopefully it's uh, more than sixteen game season. Yes. Us. But it's gonna be a tough climb from here. Mm-hmm. But it's still possible. Uh you know, it can happen. We'll, well see. You have to get the first one. You yeah. gotta, you, you know, we gotta string wins together, and 
Got to do it first, and it's this week against Washington. Washington, which has an unbelievable string of injuries to their offensive line. Did you see that? They I, may be I without did. four of their five starters. I did. That's crazy. That's scary because that's wounded animal as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> that is... To me, it looks like an opportunity for this defensive line, especially because our defensive line is now healthier than it's been all year. Yeah, it does look like an opportunity. On so. paper, it does. So <clears throat> in this, when you talk about the naysayers, if you do perform well, the first thing everybody's going to say is, well, they didn't have have their offensive line in there so it, yes so but uh adrian peterson though is there that's true that's true he's still pretty good yep and our or defense, at least he was last year yeah, against was, us he was one good game <laughs> that was and, like his only good game the arizona cardinal game right yeah in general our, our run defense has been better this year although the past two weeks haven't been uh joe mixon was a tough one and then mm-hmm. you know when you give up a lot of rushing yards to the panthers which everybody has pretty much this year, and we certainly did. It's not necessarily because you're getting blown off the ball or you're getting beaten. They just it's their running game is so creative. One thing Dirk talked about all last week was the speed of Carolina. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he was not kidding because the, it, it they they got, they have tons of speed and they didn't have that before. This is not the Carolina offense that they had for so many years. Mm-hmm. Cam is still there and still doing his thing. But running-wise, but they would throw down field a lot because of Cam's arm, and they had those two big running backs, Williams and Stewart, and they would pound with those guys and get Newton involved. Now, in the last two drafts, they've really remade what they do with Christian McCaffrey, obviously, mm-hmm. and Curtis Samuel, who they're using a lot more this year. And then this year's first-round pick, DJ Moore. And like you said, now they got all this speed, and they do a lot of stuff laterally. Mm-hmm. Like the the guys will run across the formation and either quick hand up or a little pitch in front of them, and and uh, they get around the edge or they throw a little misdirection screen. They do they don't throw the ball down the field very much, except a little bit down the middle to Greg Olson. But they have all these creative plays. And the thing about creative play calling is when it works at the beginning, you can continue to build off of it. So mm-hmm. when they're end around, which is not a reverse, no. Nope. When you hand well, it off once to a guy going mm-hmm. one direction, that's an end around, not a reverse. Okay. When that end around works. Then a few, you know, a few drives later, you look like you're running the same thing, but he pitches it to another guy, which is a reverse and not a double reverse, but just a reverse, and that creates. And then you're, and then the next time they run a play that looks like that, and they do something else. Every time you succeed with one of those creative plays, it opens the door for the next one. Right. And we're going to get into the double reverse. We are going to. Yes. Right we, now. Yeah. Well, when you're done. Let's go. I, I love this topic. Go ahead. Okay. We were at lunch, and you made a comment that it was not a double reverse. Because it isn't. <clears throat> I'm not arguing with you, but for for the listening audience, if Cam, in this particular instance, is going to the left of your phone, you know, up and down the dial, but if you go, he, he, he goes to the left, all right? He's running. Okay, but that's not what happened on that play, oh. but go ahead. You don't you don't think he made movement to the no, left? He I watched it just a little while ago. He, he faked a handoff in front of him. He never moved. No. He faked a handoff in front so of him. So if he had moved, then that would have been If con- he starts running left right. and hands it to somebody running right, right and then they hand it to somebody running left or then pitch that's it, a double, that's a double reverse, but, but that's he not was what happened. standing right there. He the, faked a handoff faked, in front of him okay. and then gave it to one guy going right. whoever it was going the other direction who then right. pitched it to Samuel Samuel coming okay. back the other way. And that's why you get so frustrated because everybody's calling it a the, double even reverse. Even the stat crew in the Carolina press box I wrote know. in the play by play I know. The play and they don't have to do that. It doesn't automatically come up. They so you can add little notes in there like mm. somebody was injured on this play. Yeah. And they're like, the play was a double reverse. No, it was not. And an end around is an end around, not a reverse. Is it still the official 
is it still an official game book? Well, I mean, it's not like that's a stat that you're going to get. It's not a stat. It's just mm-hmm. a, a note in there. Okay. Irritating to me. So I, I was just curious because someone asked me that reason why I brought it up. I was asked, well, if Cam goes to the left. Yeah. Then that's not what happened. And then I had to stop, but I didn't go back and look at the tape. But, but you just did. Right. I saw it very recently, and that's right. not what happened. Okay. So it's a reverse not a double reverse. Correct, because you have one guy going A lot over. of people are calling it a double reverse. And they will continue to do so, and th- that includes people in media. That yes. includes announcers mm-hmm. and people in sports center. They're going to continue to do it, mm-hmm. so there's no point in me howling into the void here, but I can't help it because right. it irritates me. It's like Super Bowl when you write it as one word. Yes. That should never happen, but people still do it. And end zone, that's two words. Okay, are we good here? Quarterback. Well, that's one word. Okay, just checking. People check don't it. mess that one up. <laughs> just checking. <laughs> Running back? That is two words. Okay, very good. Continue. <laughs> so here's another thing that happened in that game. What happened we ran in that a, game? We attempted a fake punt. Yes. Can you believe it? Yes, I can believe it, and I totally understand why they did it. Okay, but can you believe we ran a trick play? When was the last time we ran a trick play? We never run trick plays. We, I love trick plays. We caught them off guard. Not enough. Well, L- listen. Don't poor, think I'm. Don't think I'm. No, I'm not being critical here because I thought it was a good call. It was a good call, and unfortunately, um, I don't know if Honcho got knocked down, Alan Cross, or he slipped. It looked like he got tangled up and slipped, but it didn't matter because the ball was tipped anyway right. before it got to him. It was a good play by I think David Mayo. Yeah, I like it, and they've been practicing it obviously, mm-hmm. and they decided they were going. They they might use it in this game. They had it queued up for a possible the right time and. Back in way back in your own territory is actually a good time if you, I mean, if you can execute it to run a fake punt because that's when they're not expecting that, it. That's the play where you are absolutely brilliant if, if you works. do it, and if not, what do you think? It's totally a play you that's just you yes. Know, you just gave them seven points, but at that point in the game, to me, I was kind of looking at it. I liked the call because. I think previously they just went down 70 yards and scored exactly. a touchdown. They, at the time, so, they were moving the ball very well. Yeah, that um, was my rationale. And it. it was steamrolling on us, and this was an op- – we got the ball back, and I think it was either 21-7 or 28-7, and you're hoping you have a chance to get back in it a little bit before mm-hmm. halftime, and then you take the two sacks in a row, which apparently, according to Coach Cutter, had something to do with some miscommunication of calls. Yes. So um, O-line made a call. Yeah, so you messed to. up, right? Yeah. And you created two sacks. What? And you killed your opportunity, and so you're like, okay, this is when we're going to use it because we got a chance to steal this possession back. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to expect it because we're backed up way in our end zone. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can die a slow death or you can try to do something about it. And the, the cool part about that is if it does work, then all of a sudden your mo- momentum swings. Agreed. Everything switches. Right. That becomes the turning point of the game, ifs and buts. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not trying, right, then – what are no. we doing? And I think the play design was fine, um, but they did a pretty good job of defending it. See, what, what you do on that one is you're waiting for a time when they're doubling both of your gunners, mm-hmm. and you're not throwing to your – a lot of fake punts you throw to the to the gunner. Uh, you're not throwing to your gunners on this one. You're throwing to, in this case, it was Honcho, Alan Cross, who I, I assume was lined up on the right edge of the line as one mm-hmm. of the blockers, and then he released off of that and um, – and goes up sort of in the flat, so he's not over where the gunner is. There should be an open space right there. But they did a pretty – there was a guy near him, and then David Mayo was between them and was able to tip the throw. It, you wonder if Brian Enger, who's not a quarterback, so he throws the ball well, mm-hmm. but 
you know, you can't expect him to make every instinctive play exactly right. But looking at it again, you're like, it kind of looks like if he threw it earlier, it was there. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of paused for a second, ran up a little bit. Maybe he was trying to get the right lane. Uh, and by that point, they reacted pretty well to it. And the reason you can react to that and you're not all the way down the field is because those all those blockers, except for the gunners, aren't supposed to leave and go downfield until um, the ball's punted. So if you see a guy run away and you, it doesn't, you don't think there's been a punt yet, if you're smart enough, you might realize, hey, something's going on here. Mm-hmm. And I guess the Panthers did a pretty good job of giving them credit. But um, I don't think you run a play like that if you aren't confident in the play design. So uh, I think it was, it was a good decision. It just didn't work out. Yeah, I, I liked it. I didn't, I didn't have an issue with it. I'm sure there were people that did. Well, in, and that that is there's there's no middle ground. <laughs> it is it's either ah oh, that's the best ever or it, yeah. you, you suck for doing that. And by failing, what are you thinking? You're just throwing. You're you're yeah. you're, you're 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 not coaching very well. You're not. Yeah, I, I'm just bummed that it didn't work because we don't run trick plays nearly mm-hmm. as often as I wish we did. And now I'm wondering, we when, just tried yeah. one and it didn't work. So yeah. now are we ever going to see another yeah. one? <laughs> I hope so. Right. Um, you know, unfortunately, because the execution didn't work, you contributed to what Coach Cutter was pointing out when you asked, why is the defense so bad in the first half? Well, they weren't great, but they also the offense contributed to that by, by giving them two very short drives. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one was the interception. I guess we should talk a little bit about Fitz. That was one of his probably first three or four throws of the game. Um, it, it sailed on him. He missed that. Was his bad? That was his one really bad throw mm-hmm. of the game. Yeah, and I think I think too the the, the rhythm starts going. He, he he threw a I thought he threw a nice ball to Mike Evans, and Mike didn't hang on to it. And That's I think correct. I think sort of that deep out. Yeah, that I, and Mike I, runs so well and usually catches. Which you're like that's an automatic catch. Right. You're just you just know that's going to be there. That would have been a first down, and I think that becomes the rhythm of of the offense when you hit those. You go to the plays that most everyone is comfortable with. You complete them, and then you move forward yeah. with that. Yeah, we tried throwing ten times to Mike, mm-hmm. and um, and only one of them was completed. But Coach Cutter said that he's like, in retrospect, we probably should have gotten off it. Seen that wasn't working, and mm-hmm. got off it a little bit sooner. But then he also said, "It's Mike Evans." Yeah, and you don't want your quarterback later in the game going, "I'm not going to throw to Mike Evans because yeah. if he's open, you want to throw it to him." I'll tell you this. If you want to look at another positive, I feel like our offense and Fitz did a good job of um, adjusting, and and that's why you were able to go from Mm -hmm. 35-7 to 35-28 because it wasn't just Mike. We could not hit our outside receivers. I think that was – that was the scheme. I think that's exactly what Carolina was trying to take away. I think they have a good, at least one good corner, maybe two, in mm-hmm. James Bradbury and the rookie Dante Jackson. Um, they have veteran safeties who know what they're doing. They were getting a good pass rush that was making it hard, and it was not only was it getting to Fitz, but there wasn't anywhere for him to escape except for one or two times. So Fitz was having to make quick decisions, really quick decisions, and some of those 18- and 19-yard sideline plays that we run so well with Mike and the deep balls to Deshaun, there wasn't time for them. So if you look at the stats sheet, you'll see Mike had one catch, mm-hmm. Deshaun had two, two, Godwin had three maybe. Uh, but Godwin o. J. had Howard, a crucial one. That's true. O.J. Howard and Adam Humphreys lit it up. You know, and, and, we, and our play callers realized it, and our quarterback realized it, and we were still able to get 
28 points when they took away our outside receivers, which has been the strength of this team. And, Adam, and that's impressive to me. Very much so. And Adam Humphreys is... He's on a bit of a roll right now. Phenomenal. And after the catch, <clears throat> the way he can get down low, he, he, he gets small <laughs> and gets through. And I thought throwing the flag where it was a touchdown trying to decide, he put his he didn't put his elbow down, which yeah. he put his hand down which which i always think is funny is you can put your hand down you're not down but if your elbow touches you're down well because you can control your hand i guess maybe that's what it is but um i thought he he just he it was want to and at least he got credit for that touchdown because it seems like the touchdowns get taken away and actually he said he learned from that play the previous week where they took it away from him he's like he was thinking about keeping like his knees Mm -hmm. and and uh elbows off the ground and if you look at that play in slow motion you'll see him straightening out that one leg as he's going down, so it doesn't hit the ground before it gets the ball over, which was great. Mm-hmm. And it was a great touchdown. He's he's had a, a a real handful of plays in the last couple of games, and it's exciting for him because he's in Carolina and that's right. Went he had a Clemson ton of family, and family. I think I think he grew up in Spartanburg. I don't know, but, but I know he had a lot of family yeah. members there. Yeah, so and they got to which, see a good show. Yeah, it's always cool. I, yeah. you know, good I'm, show for them. I don't care probably, how long I do this, I think it's cool if you go back home and you sure. can show off. Yeah. That's great. And O.J. Howard had another big mm-hmm. game, and uh, one of those touchdowns came on fourth down. And so if only if only there's the magic button to play four quarters. Right. You know our guys know that. That's the yeah. way they talk. they like, if we could if we could stop what's happening and play four quarters of football, we, we are capable of beating anybody. But we can sit here and say it, that until it happens. Right. It doesn't mean anything. But at the end of the half um, – Carolina had the ball. What was your initial thought? Like, oh, they're going to march on down? Uh, I probably was feeling that way at that time because mm-hmm. of the way the game was snowballing. And then, was. boom, three and out. And you scratch your head and go, what? Yeah. And then in the second half, just like in Cincinnati, all of a sudden the defense is, do- is playing great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just hit my I know. shin really You hard did really good table. not screaming like a little girl. But then I gave it away. <laughs> Very good. All right. That enough? Yep. We got a guest. I like it. Yeah, and we uh, well, everybody knows who it is because they clicked on the link. But right. we didn't have to go far to find this one. No, and it's I nice. wish we had. He has only about fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, you know, what I think we should do is have him on again later, we later will. because he's got. A lot, we're not going to be able to get to a bunch of stories that no. he could tell us. And he's squeezing us in between all his there's duties. A lot of stuff that he's and doing. it's a it's a Tuesday day off for players, but not for no, people have, on the football side. Yeah, when I was asking him when he could do it, he's like, "Well, I have this meeting at this time, yeah, and this, this meeting at this time, yeah. and this meeting at this time." So. Um, that's Shelton Corals we're talking about, of course. A mm-hmm. Buccaneer linebacker for a decade, 97 to 06. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, starting in 07, he's been on staff. At the moment, he's our director of football operations, and we're going to find out exactly what that is. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith. And I am still Jeff Ryan. And we have an honorary Salty Dog with us uh, today. <laughs> and you talk about Salty. <laughs> he can be pretty Salty. Oh, very much so. A, a, salty, talk- a salty old dog. I, that's what it means. <laughs> yes. As we have found out. That's, that's Shelton Coral's voice you hear. Uh, former player for the Bucks, and, and since that part of his career here ended, he's been on staff. So it's been pretty much unbroken from 97 to now, more than two decades, right? Yeah, I took a little bit of time off and uh, played golf for about six about six months. And <laughs> then uh, Gruden and, and uh, Bruce Allen decided they wanted me to come back and be a part of the organization. And so I started out in the capacity as a scout, then worked my way up from that to coordinator pro scouting to director of pro scouting, now I'm the director of football ops. Yeah, and tell us what that entails. Yeah. I know we all, I know we get our emails whenever we make a roster move, they come from you. 
Um, I'm besides myself um, and Greenberg. Um, I'm the primary communicator with the league in terms okay. of our transactions, our movements, um, the guys who come in for the team, the guys that try out, the guys that l are leaving our team, uh, practice schedules. I work with coach, so there's a, a lot of th a lot of things that are encompassed in that. You know, dealing with uh, accounting, dealing with HR. So I touch just about everything um, in the organization. Easier or harder than learning a playbook? Uh, definitely harder. <laughs> wow. Well, also, you don't want to get a phone call from Q if you're a player. Yeah, yeah that's, us that's usually not a good thing. So I try to I try to stay out of the locker room as much as I can because they call me the Reaper. So mm -hmm. whenever I'm in there, they're thinking something's about to happen. That can't be fun, right? That's no. not fun, is it? It's not, but I've been in their shoes, so I understand, you know, what they're going through, what they're thinking. And so, you know... And I'm usually the first person that communicates with the players that we're bringing in anyway. So I have all their contact information and, and over time develop relationships with those guys that come to our organization. So me being the first person they see, uh, a lot of them gravitate towards me because when you have somebody that you're with and you're in an unfamiliar place and it's the first person you meet, then that relationship develops over time. Considering how often we bring guys back, like let's say like Riley Bulla and Devante Bonner, are you sometimes telling them, hey, look, we have to make this move now, but don't be surprised if you hear from me in the, in the near future. Most of the guys that I talk to, if I think they have a shot of rejoining our organization at some point, I'll tell them, you know, hey, you know, there's a chance that you'll be back. Mm -hmm. You know, don't worry about it. It's only a temporary setback. You know, um, you'll have an opportunity and at some point, whether it's here or with uh, with another team. Other guys, you try to love them up and say that. In a roundabout way, that's probably not your. <laughs> you try to love you. them. Up. Well, I mean, I think what he's yeah. saying is you want to be honest with them. Well, so he's very don't... compassionate. <clears throat> yeah, it must be a tough. That's a tough line for a guy when he's tried a few times and almost makes it. You, you always have people tell you don't give up on your dreams, but then at some point, you got to decide this isn't going to happen, and I got to move on with something else. And you've been there. I mean, it worked out for you, but you've right. been there. You want to talk about that a little bit? <clears throat> Yeah, when I when I first came into the league in in '94, um, I was with the with the Dolphins. Um, I was one of those priority free agents. Um, got a little bit of a signing bonus and went down there. And you start he hearing um, people talk about, you know, why did this guy get drafted? You start feeling yourself a little bit and and started thinking more of yourself than you ought to. And so, I played well during that time I was there, but I was doing so many things off the field instead of concentrating on my craft on the field. I was still making plays in practice, but burning the candle at both ends just kind of caught up with me um, during one of my last preseason games there. And they said, hey, we're going to let you go. And that was probably the lowest point in my life because you go from being everybody's big man on campus <laughs> in college, then you sign with a NFL team. Vanderbilt, we should say, Vandy. <laughs> everybody's loving you up. And, and then you go from that high to – you know, being released and it being like the lowest of lows. And so at that point, I was like, I don't want to play football ever again. I don't want to see a football. I don't want to be around really? football. I didn't even go back to my hometown in Nashville, Tennessee. I stayed in Atlanta with my uncle for a couple months. And then uh, my agent at the time gave me a call and said that there was a team up in Canada that wanted me to come up and try out. So up there, they can do two-week tryouts. So I was up there for about two weeks practicing with the team. And they said, we can't sign you for this week or this year. We can sign you for the following year. So, 95 and 96, um, I spent my time in uh, British Columbia playing <laughs> and enjoyed it. That's that's God's wow, country up he, there. He's big smile on his face. I was going to say, you've, you know, you're like out in Siberia or something, but it was fun, huh? Uh, I loved it. And I would always go up about a month early for um, um, wow. 
for uh, practice or for the team, and then I'd come back about a month later so I could spend time with friends up there. So it was a great time. So how did you get from there to Tampa Bay? Mark Dominic. Actually, Mark Dominic uh, was friends with a guy, named, <laughs> a guy named Rusty Tillman, who was our GM at the time. Uh, they, he called uh, Rusty and asked if there was anybody that had an opportunity to make it down here. And uh, they brought me down for a workout. And, and, and I told, and at the time, Lovey Smith was, was my position coach. And all these guys were here. Everybody was friends with Lovey or had a relationship with him, and I was the only one that wasn't. And then when it came time for the flights to leave out, everybody left, and I was the only one here because my flight was later. I'm like, they're getting preferential treatment. They're riding to lunch with him after the workout. I'm like, this is not very good. So I guess I'll be heading home. And afterwards, he said, let's go in the locker room because these his office was tiny office at old one buck place. Yeah, He's right. like, he said these these offices have uh, ears. So let's go in the locker room. So we went to the locker room. He's like. Sheldon, I think you have an opportunity to make our team. Um, I like what you did on the field today um, during your workout. Um, how, how do, what do you feel about um, signing about with the Buccaneers? I'm like, oh, yeah, I can sign. <laughs> he said, well, when can you be back? He said, we haven't started an off-season program yet, but when can you be back? And I said, coach, I don't have to leave. He said, no, 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 <laughs> go back, grab your stuff, and, and come back. So I went back home, grabbed my gear, and uh, drove back down, and – Never missed a, a day during the off season from workouts, and so that's when it became very important, or important to me, that I knew that I need to do everything I could to make the team. And so the first day of training camp in '97, uh, Coach Zendi comes in and he, and he says one thing that stuck with me to this day. He said, "It's not going to be the most talented 53 guys that make our football team. It'll be the 53 guys that gives us the best chance to win." And so I said, hey, "I can play for that guy." And so you know, you did, field, you know. Yeah, as the least talented guy, that sounded good to you, right? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, it, my number was 53, and it was 53 guys. So I think okay. I got more things working <laughs> in my if favor. If they start from one and go up, it's like it's, when you're getting jury duty. Yeah, you're picking you it's all a numbers game. So the rest, of course, 31 special teams tackles as a rookie. Wow, I think look at you throw this out. Eventually became the starting strong side linebacker. And mm -hmm. then when Gruden them came, they thought this guy would help us better in the middle. Right. Yep. And then Pro Bowl, world champion, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. In a statue out front at one buck, or, or I'm sorry, Advent Health <laughs> Training, Training Center. Center. Advent Health is one word. Yes, one word. Uh, in the lobby, you're part of the moment of victory. It was uh, that was a fun year. <laughs> it was and a contract year for me. So, uh, <laughs> that that well. so yeah, it was a, it was a fun time. You know the the characters that we had on the team. I still talk about to this day all the stories of the different players and personalities and the things that. We had to put up with on the planes and, and when you're at home and on the elevators with certain guys, and it's uh, it's good, fond memories. Jeff, can you name another record that Shelton holds, franchise history? Probably not. He's not real good with numbers, Q. <coughs> About nine, eight. Yeah. Games? No. <laughs> Uh, 98-yard interception return against Green Bay, the longest touchdown of oh, any kind, of any kind, because we're not right. counting preseason. That's right, that's right, that's right. Any kind that's of team right. history. He's still huffing so, and puffing from that run. Yeah, and it went right yes. down the same sideline as that famous James Harrison one, right, in yep. the Super Bowl. Yep. And yep. how close you do you think you were to getting caught? Did, was there ever a I mean, you had to push off Bubba Franks, was it? It was Bubba Franks and it was Rondé. Rondé was saying, give me the ball, give me the ball. <laughs> of course he was. <laughs> but, yeah, it was uh, when I got to about the five-yard line, I was mm -hmm. like, I, I think I can run in, but I think I can dive faster. So <laughs> I took a dive. 
Did he escort you the whole way? I can't quite remember. Yes, he, he was. He wanted that ball to, to pad his touchdown. Mm-hmm. Totally yeah. He's he he's a numbers guy. <laughs> Definitely. He's a, he is God. God. I'm just kidding. little saltiness here. Come on. <laughs> Jeez. So, Go ahead. All right. Let, let, let's talk about something current. Yeah, um, I, I know where you're going with this because I was going to bring it up. The defense, and I'm not putting you on the spot no. to ask you to explain or anything, but the defense is struggling. That's obvious. Uh, we can't say anything otherwise. Have you been on a team, and, and we've seen like in 2016, we saw the defense turn around in the second half. In your playing days, maybe in, in 99 started a little slow. I don't know how the defense was doing. Where the defense wasn't getting results it wanted but was able to fix it during the season. Do you remember that occurring at any point during your career? It occurred a couple times during uh, during my career here in, in, in Tampa. And when those things happened, from my perspective and from our coaching staff perspective when I played was that you um, start doing the little things better than you were doing them. Like okay. We didn't let people outside noise affect what we're doing in the building and you just circle the wagons and, and try to do the things that you do well, do them better. So we shrunk down some of our, our calls um, to hone in on the things that we did really good and it, it worked out for us more times than not. So good, good we, lesson for this team. Right? I was just going to say, so we have eight games left and half a season still can get it together because certainly offensively, things seem to be clicking. Have you ever seen an offense like that in a long? No, as a buck, you never have. <laughs> no, no. Can at you all. imagine getting that many points when you played? We'd probably have more Lombardis out <laughs> yeah. in the lobby. We might have a sixteen and zero season yeah. if you paired this offense. I mean, do you, do, you, do you sometimes sit up there and just shake your head and go, "Jeez, are you kidding me?" It's like the you know that many. Not really. No. I'm not. I'm not going to say that. But you know, I, I know that we can play a lot better than what we're playing. Mm-hmm. We have the we have the talent um, to to do good things um, defensively, and I think we'll get there at some point. This team is trying to replace its middle linebacker, and that's a position you know how mm-hmm. how hard is that to do? It's really hard um, with the caliber player that Quan is and and was. It's uh, it's tough, you know, uh, to to have somebody play at the same level yeah. of what he offered. I mean, we had two linebackers that could stay on the field at their same position, um, whether it was sub personnel yeah. or, or regular. And so that's that's rare in this game um, today, in this day and age. Usually you have a linebacker that can stay on the field like Levante, and then you sub in somebody who's better at coverage and can run sub. Right. Whereas um, now we, we're mixing and matching. Yeah. So it's – it's tough. You know, you got guys going in the lineup, guys coming out of the lineup. Um, we've got three technique that was banged up a little bit, a defensive end that was banged up. We got another three, another defensive end that's banged up. So we're, you know, up front, it's uh, it's a struggle. And then when you get to the second level or our defense, our linebackers, we're, we're struggling a little bit as well. They're young too. Yep. And, and that was the strength. But that was the strength of that defense, yeah. uh, you know, and, and to have – so to lose that guy was a particularly – Tough one for us, I think. But it's next man up, and you got to move on. And no but as Q says, when you have to take a guy and it takes multiple guys to replace him, that that's a good indication of how, how good that guy he was. Yeah. To your yeah. defense, yeah. Right? I go with that. Well, right. Q, we want to thank you for your time. We know you got to run. Yes, sir. Um, but it's yeah, always you do good have. To, you do. I, I didn't take him much past. We yeah. always lie to our guests until <laughs> yeah. be ten yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. fifteen. It's really easy. It's pretty <laughs> it's simple. Right. It's you know. Do you listen to the podcast? Um, I don't, but I don't listen to too much radio. But now I'm going to stop. Well, we um, have already had, in addition to you, we've had Rondé, we've had Allstott, we've had Kenny Gant. Did you overlap with him at all? 
I did in 97. And Kenny only played special teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when he came in, he was usually coming to work from a club or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he had a nice little pillow that he put on the floor, and he slept through every meeting. And then he'd go out and practice. You know, he was, he was pretty he candid was, about that stuff yes. with us when he was on. He was oh, very yeah. honest about that. Yeah, so. Carl Williams. True. We had, yeah. had the truth yeah. in here. Yeah. So we, you know, and then we thought – we want to keep our fans like it when we have the, they send us in suggestions and we were like we need another former mm-hmm. player and and like wait a minute there's one right there I mean literally at down the, the hall it's <laughs> about probably twenty paces from my office yeah much 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 closer than my office I'm on the yeah. other way. this is really important information I'm an old salty dog but I'm not as old as Kenny Gant just to let you know <laughs> <laughs> just threw that out there real quick <laughs> there's been an ongoing argument about who's the oldest salty dog on this show and I, I mean he. He tries to make him believe, which obviously Just, can't be All true. I can say is this. Go to Buccaneers.com. Go to the media guide. Go to staff. Look at my picture. Look at Scott's you're basing picture. That, you're basing that completely on hair color. I have gray hair. I've had this gray hair since I was I like understand mid-30s. That. I, I understand that. I'm distinguished, not old. Anyway, I just I told agree. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, what is that? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. On that, let's get him out of here. <laughs> what is that? Final word. That's the final uh, word. You know, I used to do radio shows with this guy, you know. Yeah. Jeez. He was one of the, uh, back in the day, he was one of the great guys that would go out and about. And but he's not it. anymore? No, right. he still is. But okay. as a player, it, it changes. You just have to be careful in the hallway because sometimes he'll punch you. He will punch you or so knock something out of or your Or if hand. you're limping for any reason whatsoever. Oh, you're dead. He's going to get Yeah, he was you. killing me when my back was bad. Yeah, how's your how's your foot? Everything's Scott. fine. Scott, I'm sure he's fine. I saw you limping like about a week ago. Everything's good now. Mm-hmm. You said something happened on Saturday or Sunday. Which one? It was I was it had something to do with uh, just doing some stuff with my son. It's old guy who can beat me that, in everything now. That's old guy syndrome. Anyway, let's let him go. All right, we keep saying we're gonna let him go. Q, thanks a lot. Appreciate thanks, your Q. time. Thanks for having me. Maybe right. a couple months from now we can get you back on again. Hey, whenever you want them. Always twenty paces from my office. office. <laughs> All right, thanks. We'll be back in just a minute to get to your questions here on the Salty Dogs. The Salty Dogs. Okay, we're back for our third and final segment here on the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. And, um, you know, we have really generic names. Yeah. There's even another Scott that's, Smith in the building here. But often. that's but that's why we're called the Salty Dogs. So we don't even have to just say our names. We just go so should Salty we stop Dogs. Stop saying our names in yeah. our podcast now. Yes, we're the Salty Dogs. We're. <laughs> Uh, so this is the questions. part of the show where we answer your questions. And Jeff, I'm going to be honest with you. My mailbox was lighter than ever this oh, week. Oh, jeez. I, you know, I think that's it's the same thing as I was talking about on Twitter. There, um, there. Uh, you know, people aren't motivated to have fun with this. Yeah. But we do have a couple of people, and I'll be again. That's why I'm, the reason I'm saying this is the, all of these questions come from people who we've had. Mm-hmm. Questions, questions from, from before. Well, don't, I don't want anybody to think we're playing favorites. No. But this is what I had this week. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. If you submit and we have time, why wouldn't we answer Well, yeah, questions? if more people start like that. Early on, we had a lot yeah. more questions and um, last couple of weeks, not as much. So well, we go get as the, back into that. And yep. We go as the team goes. So here we go. Have fun with it. Yes. Oh, and if you want to send us a question, do so at saltydogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. And I already know because we ask uh, people for suggestions on guests to get, and I already know that people want us to talk to Ernest Graham and Simeon Rice. Okay. Um, got feelers out. Can't tell you what's going to happen or when, but we or. do know you want those two. But continue to give us suggestions. Mm-hmm. So, 
Here's the first one from, uh, he call, he's calling himself L.A. Bobby now. Oh, okay. I think he's feeling it. Um, uh, he's had questions in before, as I said. Hey, Scott. Just me. Jeff. I understand. Just listen to Cameron Brait podcast. Awesome as always. Thank you. Got me thinking about franchise QBs in the league and which ones had a rough start only to blossom late. Didn't Cam Newton take a few years to really shine trying to find hope for Winston? Hmm. This was before the last game, but it didn't matter because he wasn't in it. Um, yeah. No, you know what? Cam Newton didn't really um, struggle. He was pretty good out of the gate. They just didn't start winning till his third year. I mean, he was pretty good right from the beginning and then became great. And I also think he was a different type of quarterback coming That's for in sure. at that time. He was able to run and move, yeah. and defenses weren't used to that. That was uh, RG3 was coming in right after that, or was it before? Either way, the the, the big quarterback that could run, yeah. that was there, not Well, around. there still aren't a lot of yes. those. They don't come along that often no. like, like him. And, um, you know, his passing, in terms of as a passer, he has definitely developed. And, like, this year he's doing very well. He's close mm-hmm. to 1,000 passer, 100 mm-hmm. passer rating. And he was in his um, MVP year as well when they went to the Super Bowl. But, you know, there's always examples. You know, if you if you want to ask me, has there ever been a running back who didn't do much for three years and it was great? I mean, whatever parameters you put up, there's going to be examples of it. And, and, and in fairness, sometimes you're a product of the system. And what team drafts you. And who's around you. Yeah. And we all say quarterbacks get more credit when you win and they get – killed because when you when you lose but you are a product of the system you are a product of those who are around you the special player you'll find that can elevate a bad team a, a little that's bit, hard to find it's hard to find yeah and that's a good point and that's uh you know if you're like cam newton was first overall if you're drafting first overall your team was at least down last mm-hmm. year and maybe has been down for a few years uh, so that's like a Baker Mayfield type situation. You know, is he going to be able to excel from a fur- purely statistical point? Yeah. Right now, he's fairly average, but I think he looks pretty good. So as the team gets better around him, he'll look like he's better. But here's a guy that already is in, in uh, half a season and he's already on another head coach. <laughs> so I don't think you can put, so, put that on him, though. So, well, no, no, I'm not putting it on him. I'm just saying so. Uh, are they going to if they change it up? Well, then yeah. How much? How much there? now? He's starting over right. again with a with a new OC and a new scheme and a new so. Which you can't say is the case here, no, Jameis, because correct. They kept Dirk mm-hmm. after you know they made him the head coach after his first year when he was did a real good job yes. with with Winston when he was the OC. But like I said, there are um, examples. Like Warren Moon is a good example. He wasn't particularly great in his first three years, no. but he was drafted to a really bad team too. Right. And, and by year four, he started to take off. Yeah. And don't people forget that he spent a lot of times in the Canadian league. A lot of time. Yes. A lot of time. I think so. How many years do you think he spent? I don't know, but he was here long enough. Isn't he a hall of famer? Warren Moon. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brett Favre, people bring that one up. He was still pretty good. He just really took off, took off in like his third or fourth. When year. he was with Atlanta, they didn't think he was very good. Here's a <laughs> they, well, he never they, got to Jer- play, huh? He never played. Well, when he did play, he was just throwing the ball all over the place. I don't think he played, Jeff. You don't think he played? He didn't play in his rookie year in Atlanta, and then they traded him. Who was? Well, that was, I mean, he probably that played was, in the preseason. That was Glanville, right? The head coach, probably 92, 91. Who would have been their quarterback then? I don't, I don't yeah. know. I can't remember. Can, uh, it's a hard one. I don't know. But either or. But continue. Uh, Drew Brees is probably a pretty good example. But in this case, it was a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. You know, he, From the moment he hit New Orleans, 
It's been nothing it, but sunshine and rainbows. And amazing that everyone said his arm was shot. Yeah. Miami had a, a, a they shot They chose Culpepper over him. Yep. Because they were worried about his injury, and it was Culpepper that ended up having the injury problems, and Drew Brees has essentially not missed Hall a game or barely a pass ever since. Unbelievable. Still going strong. Uh, they're they're which, which he had seven a, and one now. Yeah, he had and a, that one is us. I know. I'm watching that game flying home from mm-hmm. Carolina, and uh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, Steve Young, mm-hmm. Steve Young. You know, but he again, was he here. was in a bad situation here. If Steve Young would have stayed with the Buccaneers, his career would have ended up very, very short because he would have been killed. He was because killed. He was one of those guys he that ran. scrambled, and the team was not very good. Yeah. And no matter, and he wasn't the Steve Young that he became, but he had the potential and that team was dramatically it, it, terrible. It was not going to work. He, he would have, he would have never made it. And, and then, then he sat, he sat behind Joe Montana longer than long. he wanted to. Yes. But not long enough to keep him from being in the hall of fame. Right. And then, you know, we, we traded him and then uh, me, we got a new coach mm-hmm. in Perkins yep. and we used the first overall pick on Vinny, Vinny and you saw what happened to Vinny. It mm-hmm. didn't go real well, although he later went on to pretty decent success and certainly a very yeah. long career. 15 years, something like that. Hey, May, well, maybe like, longer. He's 18? like 11th yeah. all time in passing yeah. yards or something, yep. but he had a really long and at points, pretty good career. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you're right that if Steve Young had stayed and they hadn't drafted Vinny and Steve Young is there for the next five years, his life is totally different. We don't know, but he certainly went to a better situation. Mm-hmm. By the way, Bobby here, in asking this question, wanted me to said that I need to wrap everybody's names. What do you mean? Uh, you know, because I rap. Oh, oh, week. he rap. And, okay, and yes, his little yes. rap, they said, I'm not going to do it Why? because it's terrible. And, and it's but Terrible is good. At least it's cornier than I was. Sometimes rapping. bad start, is good. Remember that. B to the O to the double B-Y, that's a name that's really fly. You want to take that back now? I shouldn't have done that while you're drinking water. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know what? Sometimes bad is bad. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Bobby, for actually making me look good. Yes. I was going to say at the top of the show that I promised to never rap again mm. after last week's debacle. I loved it. Uh, okay. But you know what? I, let's give Bobby credit because we were struggling for questions. And not only this one, but I got another one from him. All right. Go ahead. And this is, a, this is another time when somebody sent us a question in the middle of the game. Okay. Since it's halftime and I need to redirect my feeling of saltiness, you know, it was 35 <laughs> to 7 at the time. How many times has the Bucks defense given another team a franchise record in scoring or yards, either in a quarter, half, or a game? Uh, and a positive twist, which teams are attached to the Bucks franchise records for scoring and yards? So I'm not going to do halves and quarters. No. That's too much research. I don't feel I, like it. The games that come to mind to me is the Indianapolis game on Monday night. That um, Not even close. Not even close, really? So the the gist of this question is, and I probably, it probably came up because they probably used it on the broadcast that Carolina tied their record, their own franchise record for points and a half when right. they got thirty five mm-hmm. by halftime. Um, so this this particular question here, Bobby must have was thinking, uh, oh my gosh, how many times have we been the reason that the other team has set their scoring or yardage record? Uh, so do you think that it's happened a lot? No, I don't think it, it hasn't. Is. It, you know, you you think those things, but there's always worse. There's teams of. Their game. We're talking about many, many years right. for a lot of these teams. But, but, but the Buccaneers for many, many years had good defenses. Well, that's a good point, too. That's a good point, too. But more recently, we've had some blowouts. But blowouts mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have the exact answer. In terms of yards, there are two teams whose all-time record for yards in a game are against us. And they did happen recently. Remember that um, Giants game at the beginning of one of those Shiano years? That oh, shootout, yes. they ended up with 600-something yep. yards. That's the most favorite. at the had. very end. And then the Oakland overtime game in 2016, remember that one? Mm-hmm. And that overtime had something to do with that. 
but yeah, they had about a hundred billion yards in that game. Those two teams have set their yardage records against us. But like, like you know, who really should be asking this question is Miami. The Dolphins are responsible for the yardage records of four other teams, including all other three teams in their division. Really? Yeah. Oh, that makes that kind of warms my heart. <laughs> so there's teams that have had it. The, mm-hmm. the Cardinals have, have several records set against them. And I'm only doing yards. Washington has been the victim for Philadelphia and Arizona. You can see I did a little research Yes, here. I noticed this. Even Dallas had given up the most yards ever to New Orleans and Detroit. You know, and, and Dallas is America's team. Yeah. So they've done it as many times as they we have. They look very American yesterday. Well, since this is Tuesday, Monday night. Yeah, they got beat, and that knocked, yeah. uh, that knocked someone very important to me out of uh, one of those NFL survivor wow. pools. Wow. Yeah, it was sad. She, she was Dang. down to the final 16, and wow. now she's out. Wow. Happens. Um, okay, and then points. Right. Only one team's point record in a game was set against us, and you'll, you probably rem- heard of this game. Uh, the Jets beat us 62-28 to 28 in yes. yes, I read about that. Do you know why that happened? Yes, because uh, – we wanted to give James Wilder. Not in that game, though. No, no. The year before, we wanted to give James Wild, Wilder the record. And so what the Buccaneers did is the defense laid down and let them kind of walk in, and it just inflamed yes. the it, Jets. The, James Wilder was trying to set the NFL record for mm. um, rushes. No, yards from yards. scrimmage. Oh, okay. And uh, he was close, but so was Eric Dickerson mm-hmm. going into the final weekend. Eric Dickerson ended up breaking it. James Wilder did not, but um, our late and great first head coach, John McKay, was trying to help on James Wilder. And like you said, they, they let him score so we could get another possession. Uh-huh. They did not like that. In fact, nope. I think they stopped him like for negative seven yards on those next three runs. So he didn't get the record. And as revenge the next season, the Jets just absolutely poured it on against Lehman Bennett's Buccaneers. Ah, uh, yes. Poor Lehman Bennett, who mm-hmm. won four games in two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Which was interesting because Lehman Bennett was the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, took them to the playoffs, and, that's right. and then was let go, and he was selling RVs <laughs> before he came back as a head coach. <laughs> for two years. To, for two years. And then probably went back to RVs. Mm-hmm. Because those two years. Well, he's very, he was very instrumental in Atlanta getting Super Bowls. That's good. Uh-huh. Uh, and then he's, don't ask me why I know that. you have some very random <laughs> Lehman Bennett knowledge, which, uh, is very helpful. Okay. Uh, our records, cause he asked that well, you should be yep. able to remember one of them. Cause we just did it two weeks ago when we got 576 yards in Cincinnati. That was a new team record just two weeks ago. This is crazy. And then our points record, um, is 48, which we've done three times, not counting the Super Bowl Cause it's just mm-hmm. regular season. Uh, we've done it twice against new Orleans and once against Atlanta. Um, and in fact, that was this season, the first game of the year. So we have set or tied our record this year in both categories. It's so, a wacky year. So it feels bad when you see a note like that in that Carolina halftime game, but don't mm-hmm. get the impression that the Buccaneers yeah. are responsible for everybody's Everything. records around the yeah. league because that's yeah. not the case, I'm, I'm happy to say. Right. And I did do the research uh, to prove it. I'm glad you did. Yeah, because I knew you wouldn't. I didn't know the question. I know. You always use that as an excuse. Smart. Uh, one more. All from, right. Hey, you remember Rusty, the nurse, the yes. retired nurse? Yes. Uh, hi, Scott and Jeff. Aha. Thank you, Rusty. She's very kind. I like you. After hearing and reading so much this week about how Jameis Winston never, and she puts never, never. in uh, quotation marks, oh. so I, I yelled it, never throws the ball away, either during a game or on the practice field. I wonder if that is a stat that anyone keeps a record of. Yes, I just ended a sentence in a preposition. I don't think anybody would have noticed that, Rusty. You, you can do that now. Okay. I still try not to in formal writing, 
but you can do that. Okay. Nobody notices. Did you notice that she ended the sentence in preparation? I did not. And and thanks and for pointing that out. You're also well. She pointed out you're also not supposed to start it like with an and or a but. Mm-hmm. You know, but people do that now because sometimes it just flows. I do it. I swear. I know you're not supposed to, but I still do because this, for a lot of this writing, especially on a website or a blog, is, is supposed to have a casual feel to mm-hmm. it. Anyway, that wasn't the question, so I don't know why I'm going off on that. I have no idea. I'm still hoping that Jameis will be the first drafted quarterback whose contract is extended after the original deal in Bucks history, which is that note everybody loves so much. Oh, yeah. A lot has been said about how Breeze, Favre, and Peyton Manning learned to manage the game better during their four seasons, which is relatively true, but not so much for Jameis. Although he's still younger than any of them, that's a good point, mm-hmm. were at that stage in their careers, and they mm-hmm. had all played four years of collegiate ball before coming to the NFL. Those are very, very good, good points, points. Rusty. Yes, very good points. She says, I enjoy the podcast every week. Go Salty Dogs and go Bucks. Your fan, Rusty. P.S. The show is still my reward for getting my housework done. Remember oh, that? I like that. What will serve as motivation during the offseason? Yuck, I don't even want to think about that. Who says we're not going to do it during the offseason? Are we? I don't know. Are we? I don't know. Maybe every two weeks or something? I don't know. Well, it depends. Just depends. <laughs> First of all, we have to still be working here. Yes, I was. <laughs> I feel pretty confident. Oh, it's just you know, you, you just live season to season. That's been my oh, career. Oh, come on, we'll be fine. It's all good. So, um, was there giving a question in here? Yeah, she wanted to know. Uh, Not really about throwing it away. She's just. Yeah, she's just uh, pointing. Well, that out. And, and yes, which is nice, and she mm-hmm. makes some very good points in yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, it's a hard go. You know, he is 24. I think he turns 25 in January. It, it, but it's really impossible right now to know what's going to happen with that. I don't think that Coach Cutter or any of our coaches want to be switching back and forth between quarterbacks. No. Now. So you don't know when and if James is going to get his job back. And I think things have changed so much because because you the dollars involved and the cap and all. You know, you really have to make sure. You know, you're going with the right guy, and that's not an easy decision. And it gets tough for now going forward with Jameis because we're, he won't be on the rookie deal anymore. Right. He would be for the fifth year, but the money goes up so much that it's almost like you're done. That's what people talk about a lot in this league, about when you get a young quarterback and he's good right away, it's such a boon to you because during those first four years, you're not spending what it should cost you to have. It's the Russell mm-hmm. Wilson thing. They mm-hmm. they saved so much on Russell Wilson during his first four years because he was performing like a top-of-the-league quarterback, but he was being paid very, very little compared to what that is actually worth mm-hmm. on the open market. So they were able to spend a lot of money on all those great defensive players. And now it's he's on to his next contract. They don't have that advantage anymore, and it gets tougher. Same and thing look, a lot of places. You look at spending a ton of money. Sam Bradford was released. <laughs> and all the money he made. I'm not saying he didn't deserve it. He was it. the very last quarterback before the new rookie scale. And So, so I therefore, think he's the luckiest man in the world. Mm-hmm. So he got an, a huge, like the uh, top quarterbacks drafted used to, he got an enormous deal before he stepped on the NFL playing field. And that, that was one of the things that – Lesson well Players learned. wanted to clear up. Mm-hmm. But what is create? Because who's voting for the CBA? It's the players that are already in the league. So they're worried about, as they should be, right? Um, the players that are there, not the guys that are going to walk in and get $40 million before they throw a single pass. And so that's what created what I was just talking about, this market inefficiency, if you will, a money ball type of thing, where if you can get – and it's not easy to do, certainly, but if you can draft a guy and have him excel – Pretty much right from the beginning, you have a huge advantage over most of all the other teams in the league. I like it. And so you have to try. And that's well, what the Buccaneers did with Jameis. Now we're through basically that window now, but he still could be a franchise quarterback. There's, there's, 
there are people that are never going to believe that, and mm -hmm. if if it never happens, then they'll be they'll end up being right. Mm -hmm. But I still think there's room for that to happen. And the only thing that's going to tell us is time. Yeah. So, but it is people are going to be asking about the quarterback situation from here, here till, till the end and a little bit beyond because and you no have, matter what happens, they're going to ask about the quarterback situation. Well, but I mean, it's it's valid because you have I know we're, we're wrapping this up here, but you have Jameis, and that's what we're talking about. What's mm -hmm. his future with the team? And then Ryan Fitzpatrick and Ryan Griffin are both their deals are up at the end of this year. So that's not to say they can't be back, but you have to do something if you want either of them back. So. There's a lot of work to be done for the Bucks quarterback's position. That's not what Coach Cutter is worried about right now nope. at all. He's Second worried half. about Ryan Fitzpatrick playing well against Washington this coming week, and that's what we're going to hope for, too. I think I'm glad we're back home. Mm -hmm. I hope, as we mentioned earlier, that I, I don't – you nobody wants players to get injured, but the fact that Washington has all those injuries on the offensive line, that's a fact. That's already mm -hmm. there. I hope that becomes an advantage to us. It should. We'll see. Well. So – and the good something news. to look forward to. and and the, if you can get on a roll right now real quick is we're home away and then we're home for three weeks that's right we've played it, we hit the middle of the season and we've played three home and five away mm -hmm. which means obviously we get five home and three away in the second half which is a big advantage and you've already played your three division games right. on the road right. and you've won one of them yeah, so two would have been nice is there sunshine yeah. i'm hoping. here's one more thing right. if i were a fancy player and i had mike evans on my team mm -hmm. i would be putting him in <laughs> this week because i bet you he comes back with a vengeance next week no question and he also always plays well against the redskins very good. So he's had two really big games against them. I'm going to end on a positive note. That's well. That's what a we projection. need to do. Yes. Because w what's the point? I was, I was coaching a little league team one time, and we were in the championship game. This is true. Okay. And uh, we were the underdogs, though. We had kind of caught fire in the playoffs. And uh, this is at Citrus Park Little League, by the way. All right. Where that was the little league that that sent the team to the World Series. Continue. And our Doug Gilcrease was the one of the coaches. Um, and we were losing maybe just a couple innings left, and we were losing maybe like, I don't know, 11 to 5 or something. And I said to the guys, you might as well play the rest of this game. You might as well get up and get confident and play the rest of the game like you believe you're going to win it because there's no – you if you give up now, then you lost – all you can do is try to win it. If you end up losing anyway, it's the same thing you thought was going to happen anyway, but at least you gave it a try. And if you, yeah, yeah. There's a, that's the only way to handle this situation mm -hmm. for the Buccaneers as players and coaches is to believe that they can do it. And if they're proven wrong, they're proven wrong. But, and I'm not suggesting they would, but giving up certainly isn't an option that makes any sense whatsoever. So what happened at the end of the game? We lost. Oh. Damn, I was, I was just about to say, maybe you're going to give the pregame speech. But after that, no, I think we'll just say. <laughs> it was a good season. Yeah, it was a great season. We had a good season. Yes, and sometimes that's. Came in second. Yeah, yes, you're molding young minds. <laughs> I, I, I like it. All right. All right, since you did, thanks for listening.